How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Bears fans, it's time for On the Clock with the Score's own Mark Grody covering the latest on another potential historic draft. Featuring experts and analysis on this red-hot off-season storyline. That's the headline of the league right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Here's Mark Grody. I'm feeling that energy. We are back for another season. On the clock, which was made right here at 670 The Score, original programming that we began last year because the Bears ended up having the number one overall pick in the NFL. So we're like, we got to do something. And so last year we carved out an hour a week and I did the program talking about the NFL draft, mostly as it pertains to what the Chicago Bears are doing. And then, what was it, three weeks into the show, the Bears made a massive trade moving off of the number one pick, doing business with Carolina, which netted you, amongst other things, DJ Moore. Who would have thought we would be back at it again for another season. I mean, there as soon as they made the trade with Carolina and having their number one draft pick as well, of course it was in the back of your mind. In the back of your mind, you're like, well, you know, now you've got the Bears who are probably going to be under 500 this year. You may get it organically again. You were hoping that that wouldn't be the case, and it indeed was not. The avenue was Carolina um, because they were so horrid um, that you ended up getting the number one overall pick again, which brings the program back. So we are back for another year. After heavy negotiating, we are back for one more season and I keep asking people the question, and I don't think anybody knows how to answer it. Do we want this show to keep continuing? Do we want this show back again next year? What would be the scenario that would net you that possibility? Doing business with another bad team that, you know, and you hope that Ryan Poles, that's what he is thinking about. If Ryan Poles is thinking about trading that pick, and we'll get to some of that tonight for sure. I promise you. I'm here for the next hour. The on-the-clock portion of the program goes from right now, you're listening to it, until 7 o'clock tonight. And then, and then, Hal Barkish just going to stroll in here. Hal Barkish, 
is going to come in here with me in our score studios, downtown Chicago, live on a Friday night. And Hub and I are just going to probably talk bears. I think we were looking into getting a baseball guest, but that seems to be falling through on a Friday night. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Hub and I can handle it. We could even talk a little bit of baseball too. But Hub Arkish will be here from 7 to 9. You know there will be a, a whole bunch of bears. As a texter said from the 574 area code, I'm looking forward to on the clock tonight between 6 and 7, but I'm looking forward to Mark Grody much more from 7 to 9. They are very different shows. Yeah, they are. Well, they probably will be. I'll have a partner, and we will maybe delve into other sports between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock. But this is the dominant talk on the the radio station, and this is just going to be a focused hour of talking about the Bears and the draft. And we're going to have, like, each show, we're going to have somebody really good on to break down the Bears draft or somebody close to a situation where the Bears may be drafting. Tonight, for instance, right around 620 or so, we are going to have on Mike Renner. He is an NFL draft analyst for the Locked On Network, really good at what he does. There are so many good um, NFL draft breakdowns these days and people that do it. I think that that's one of those parts of our industry. Like Sometimes things get overcrowded in our business with podcasts and um, you know, internet, the whole, the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just, there's just so many different choices that it gets watered down. I think that there are a lot of really good NFL draft analysts that people may not even know. And Mike, Mike Renner may, may be one of those, but he is fairly prominent. We will have him on at 620 and definitely ask him what the Bears should do in the draft and what other teams are thinking about as well. So I'm very much looking forward to talking to him in just a little while as well. We're going to periodically, we will open the, the phone lines on this show. It's not going to be as caller intensive, but um, for instance, in this first segment, there may be some time to take some phone calls. So if you're interested in what we were talking about and you want to get in on the, the draft talk, or you just have a question or a comment as it pertains to the Bears and the draft, we're open right now. 312-644-6767. Tyler Farringal is the man producing tonight. He'll be with us until 9 o'clock tonight. And if you do happen to call us at 312-644-6767, he will be the man to whom you will talk. I want to get into a little, I want to do a, I went through a little exercise today with the Bears. And that is to the Bears have in this draft, the Bears have six picks right now. They have their number one overall pick. They have two first round picks, number one and number nine. They have a third round pick. They have two fourth round picks. They have a fifth round pick right now. That is, that is where they stand with these, with these draft picks. So, just for the heck of it, I decided, let me try to see if I can fill in the blanks here. And this is today. And maybe this will change every week. Maybe as things progress and we figure out more and learn more about people. And as things happen, and as things potentially happen, this can change. This kind of be a fun exercise. And I am, I'm totally down for people playing along with this as well. Um so with the, with the number one overall pick, this is and this is probably good to set this. This is like, you know, on the clock one hundred and one. Where where are you with the number one overall pick? With the number one overall pick, I put in in bold capital letters, Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. 
that he will he should be the guy. That's that is what I think. Um I and we'll get more into Justin Fields in, in a second in this segment. I'm going to get some stuff. We're going to hear some stuff from da- Daniel Jeremiah and the Atlanta general manager about Justin Fields in in this segment. But it just feels like that's the better pathway at this point. And there is, yeah, their bus potential is real. It exists and it could happen with Caleb Williams. I just don't think that that is the case. I think that he is special. So Caleb Williams, and I don't need to, I don't think I need to go into a long diatribe on any of these guys right now. And I will, I've got capsules on all these guys, but there's a lot of stuff I want to do in this first segment, including getting your calls too, which I see you're starting to, to line up three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. So okay, number with the number nine overall pick. You ready for this, Farangal? You ready for this? Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, LSU. So there you go. You take care of that huge need right now that the Bears have at wide receiver. You have your two outside receivers, DJ Moore, Malik Neighbors. That is correct. That is correct. I mean, and I mean, hey, I'm down with some of the if they become free agent wide receivers as well, because we see that having a veteran guy in DJ Moore is working out. So if T Higgins, you know, if he does come open with Cincinnati, yeah, Mike Evans still like he'll get you a thousand yards every year. Michael Pittman, about Calvin Ridley. Anybody trust that? So. There are possibilities on the the free agent side as well, but that's what I have right now. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU at number nine. All right, third round. This is where it gets a little bit tricky, a little bit tricky. And like I said, I'll fill in a little bit more on these guys, but I just want to to run through the picks right now. Third round, the Bears' first third-round pick. Well, they only have one third-round pick right now. Ready? Jonah Ellis, defensive end. Utah. Yep. You still need, man. I've been every mic I've been in front of, whether it's on the radio or on television, a couple times did it on GN Sports the other day. Gonna do some stuff for NBC Sports Chicago this week, and I'll probably talk about it again. As improved as the Bears defense has gotten, and it has improved. It is really good. It was great to see. And a big part of it, too, a heavy duty contributor. It was Montez Sweat. No doubt about it. We all saw it with our own eyes. But at this point, there is not a good alternative to Montez Sweat as far as getting to the quarterback. That issue still exists. Yannick Ngakwe was a disappointment. He just was. He was not his usual steady self. And, you know, he was injured, obviously, at the end of the season. But even when he was playing, there, you know, he just wasn't particularly effective. I hate to see the direction it's gone for Dominic Robinson, but it's not going in a good direction. He had entering his third year, probably still be on the roster, maybe, but certainly vulnerable and it's just too bad, you know, converted player was on offense, wide receiver. And you know, they've been trying to convert him, project guy, and the project right now is failing, unfortunately. DeMarcus Walker, look, he's he's going to be around 
I still got hope for him, but he was a relative disappointment. It, did, it felt like he did not pick up on the momentum that he had set up for himself the year before in Tennessee. So it's just like it's not there. Rasheem Green, but terrific on special teams this year, but it's not there. So that that's what it is, and why I am thinking defensive end for the Bears at the, with that third round pick. All right, on to the two fourth round picks before I jump on some of your calls here. The two, the two fourth round picks. I'm going to go with the, the first of the two fourth round picks, Matt Lee, who is a center slash guard from Miami. So that you, I always hope that if you're drafting a center that they can play the guard position too, or maybe I'm assuming they can, but he's actually listed as that, that he played both of those positions. And I know it was just one year at Miami. The Bears have a big-time need at center. I don't know if he would be the guy that would step in, but you need that that center guard depth, if nothing else, um, and maybe he would have a chance to be the starter at at center. I'm hesitating because I tend to think that they need to go the veteran route when it comes to that. But I think that that would be a handy guy or position to to have on the team. Lucas Patrick is not coming back. I I'm always down with Doug Kramer just because he's a local guy, a line guy. But the Bears have not shown, although he's on the roster still, the Bears have shown very little interest in playing him. So you know they cut him once and they let him go, and then they brought him back. So they like something about him but not enough about him for me to think that he's got a chance to be the, the Bears' center going forward. Maybe, maybe an actual depth piece. It doesn't even feel like he's that right now. So so we'll see. So Matt Lee from, from Miami. Um, I am going to go. All right, ready? Fourth round, second, fourth round pick. we got two more of these puppies. Second, fourth round pick. I am going safety. Got to get a safety, right, Farringal? Got Evan Williams, safety, Oregon. So, and that's obvious. I mean, if you did not hear, yesterday the Bears released Eddie Jackson. So no more Eddie Jackson. Jaquan Brisker entering his third year. You have to start to think about the potential of paying him, and if they like him as much as they say they do, I think eventually Jaquan Brisker will be taken care of, and then he becomes the guy who's making the big money at that position, and you're trying to find either drafting guys or bringing in free agents who you can now pair with him going forward, just like they did with Eddie Jackson for all those years, from Adrian Amos to HaHa Clinton Dix to Tashawn Gibson. Um, DHC, DHC, yeah, no, he wasn't. DHC was never one of the the uh, never actually the strong safety. Like he would get in a nickel situations, but he was more special teams. But but absolutely, I mean that like in the litany of of safeties as well. You know, big all, veteran presence in the locker room too. Oh, big time, big time for sure. Um, but yeah, so all so that's what the, you got to think about it like that. That's what the Bears are going to be doing going forward. I think you know, assuming that Brisker continues to progress on the field and can and got to stay healthy too. I mean, he's had some concussions and some pretty serious injuries. I don't know serious, but it seems like a constant flow of them. So he and I know that that's something that he's he is aware of and cognizant of and has talked about wanting to to change and you know stay healthier going forward so yeah that's the way it's going to work at safety with the Bears so right now I mean I don't know if it's Elijah Hicks they don't seem to like him enough to say yeah you're going to be our starter I don't see that happening although he is a draftee of the Bears but Evan Williams 
safety out of Oregon. Get you again more deets on these guys a little later. And then for with the Bears final pick right now, their fifth round pick, I am thinking about another wide receiver and I'm going to go with Brendan Rice, wide receiver, USC. That'll draw a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, like and some of these guys may go before where I have them, but yeah, another I mean you you have to keep building that. You don't have wide receivers right now. <laughs> you have DJ Moore. That's about it. So so many hidden gems in the later parts of the draft too, especially at the receiver position. So you have no idea. Like look at Puka Nakua. Who yeah, would have thought he yeah. would have been one of the best this year? Well, I hope that our the hope was that Tyler Scott would blossom into one of those guys last year. It was a rough rookie year for Tyler Scott. That doesn't mean that he doesn't still exist on this roster in a prominent way. Like, there's still a lot of hope, I think, for Tyler Scott, but it's, it's not there yet. Valus Jones Jr. still on this roster. We know that he's not going to be part of the, the wide receiver core on this team going forward. Unfortunately, I don't think Darnell Mooney is walking back into the building on a free agent deal. Equinemia St. Brown still there, but right now... You know, DJ Moore, Cole Komet are about it in terms of potentially dynamic playmaking guys for the Bears. So that's why I, you know, I dip back into the to the wide receiver well again in the fifth round, and then you keep things open in free agency as well. So that's that's what I'm thinking about right now. That's that's where my brain is in terms of where the Bears are going to pick or might be picking um, in those slots and we'll have fun with that you know if i feel like i want to change that on one of these shows i will i will absolutely i will absolutely do that what do you want to do call here or you want to hear some you want to go call farangal or let's do that let's take a couple calls here because we're not always going to have time to do it 312-644-6767 ty has been waiting and he is in lake villa what's up ty you're on the score and on the clock hey um, so I'm what I'm thinking about is like, why isn't there more talk about Michael Penix? Because possibly still getting quarterback in the first round and getting a trade that you know could be never before seen the amount of capital that we can get from that. And, and I just look at Michael Penix and I see like a young Mike Vick, like the windows that he can put the ball into. And okay. I don't know. I, I just that's what I'm really looking at. Okay. All right, man. I appreciate the call. I, I like all of these quarterbacks. And I put Caleb Williams, obviously, on top because I do think that that's who the Bears should draft. Caleb Williams, number one overall. But they're all, like, there's not a dud in this bunch. You know, there really aren't. I mean, Drake May is terrific. And, oh, my guy, like, Gabe Ramirez. Listen to Gabe Ramirez that night because Gabe Ramirez, you know, Gabe Ramirez show from 6 to 9 on weeknights. Gabe thinks Drake May is the best in this draft. So, I mean, I know it's like uh, Caleb Williams gets all the talk, but a lot of people like Drake May. Um, I like Michael Penix Jr. as well. Jaden Daniels is a stud. Um, Bo Nix is really good. J.J. McCarthy is awesome. I mean, like, there are a lot. In other words, one of these, you know, other guys are going to pop too. And, so I do not discount what you're saying about Michael Penix. It's very possible that he ends up being really good in the NFL. All those guys I just mentioned. 
Let's go to Matthew in uh, or on the west side of the city. What's up, Matthew? How you doing, man? Uh, hey, how you doing? I'm well, Matthew. What's got on your mind, bud? Uh, so I was wondering, did the uh, have Shane Waldron got like got any any type of contact with Justin Fields yet? About like you know, like I don't know if it's too early to do the playbooks and stuff like that. But I was wondering, like, have they been any words communicated? amongst each other, things like that? Yeah, man, thanks for the call. I I would have to, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure they have. I'm sure Shane Waldron and Justin Fields have been in, you know, heavy-duty contact, as a matter of fact. And I, my guess is I am going to the Combine, not not next week, but the following week. I think, I would imagine that I will have the opportunity to meet Shane Waldron that week. So hopefully one of the things that I will be bringing to you guys is Shane Waldron and what he sounds like, what the personality is like, what his philosophies are, how he is going to (laughs) make a a great quarterback out of whomever they decide to bring in, whether it's uh, Caleb Williams or keeping Justin Fields. So let's go to – Eric? Is that Eric? Is that right? Is that are we good on Eric? Okay. Hi, Eric. You're on the score. Hey, what's going on? So I have a thought about a trade. I saw it on Twitter, X, whatever you guys want to call it. So I was seeing Justin Fields being traded as well as the number nine pick to the New England Patriots for the number three pick, which would give us Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I'll just say this. If you can figure out a way to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. on your team and it's acceptable to all parties, oh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm hearing all of that. So that's a big yes. We'll get back to some of your calls later. We'll also hear from Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network and the Atlanta GM, Terry Fontenot, on Justin Fields because, you know, we've all connected Justin Fields to Atlanta because they need a quarterback and he's from Atlanta. So we will we will dig into some of that in this hour. But coming up next, let's talk to a, a draft expert. We, we will spin it around with him. Mike Renner, NFL draft analyst for the Locked On Network, will join me next. It's on the clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Williams in the gun, three receivers to the left, Marshawn Lloyd to his right. Here's the snap, Williams back to pass, looking, looking, has time, moving to his right. Williams still looking down the field, loads up. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Takes a shot, got a man open, caught by Singer, inside the Oregon 20 and out of bounds at the 18. Caleb Williams buying time and threw a strike down the far sideline. Singer makes the catch, first down USC, a gain of 44. 
Let's get back to more Bears Draft Talk with On the Clock, featuring Mark Grody, right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That highlight you heard was a USC-Oregon game, which originated right here on 670 The Score. They're probably fairer to say that it originated from the studios of Westwood One. But we carried that game, and Caleb Williams... Zipping a pass over the middle as we do welcome you back into On the Clock. I am Mark Rohde. Thanks for being with us. On the clock till 7 o'clock. And then Hub Arkish will be here with me. Hub and I will do a show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock tonight. And uh, Hub has been walking the hallways. He's ready. He's anxious and set to go. So I'm looking forward to talking to Hub here in just a little bit. We'll play some some Bears sound at the end of this hour as it pertains to the Bears, specifically the Atlanta general manager, Terry Fontenot. He was talking about Justin Fields, or at least asked about him. And we'll hear what Daniel Jeremiah is saying about comping Caleb Williams and talking about uh, whether or not Caleb Williams would be an upgrade from from Justin Fields. So that's all coming up here on On the Clock. Right now, let's bring in one of our draft experts, our first guest of the season on our first show back here in year number two of On the Clock. And we are pleased to be joined by Mike Renner, an NFL draft analyst for the Locked On Network. And uh, he joins us right now on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Um, Circa Sports app today. There, you should download the Circa Sports app today. Mike Renner, hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. And you know, let's just pretend like we don't know anything about you. We don't know where you stand with anything. Where are you with Caleb Williams? Let's get right into it. Is should he be the Bears guy at number one overall? I'm not necessarily sure he is 100% the guy in this draft class in terms of like five years from now, we're for sure going to be saying he's the best because it's a very good quarterback draft class. You're just thanking, you know, the Lord that there are so many guys that you have to choose from in this draft class that could be potential franchise quarterbacks. But I see him and North Carolina's Drake May as guys that don't come around every year, you know, that in most draft classes, are still going to go like last year. I said that if they were in last year's draft class, they both would have gone number one overall. So it's, it's a very good top of this class. And so who's going to be the best. I don't know. I, I very have very close grades on both those guys, but they're also very high grades. So it's not a bad problem to have. It's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Drake may because obviously it feels like that, you know, Caleb Williams gets most of the attention but you know he's been part of this you know semi historic draft class that we've been building up for the last couple of years. Really remind us about what is so great about Drake May playing football. Well, I mean he's has high end tools in his own right. Everyone talks about Caleb Williams' arm, his athleticism, and Drake May is you know not too far behind. And to me, he's such a natural athlete, just like a natural thrower of the football. And I feel like that's. You know, a lot of the guys who have succeeded at the quarterback position over the past half decade or even just decade are guys who are, you know, could have played baseball too, could have played all these other sports. And that's, that's what I look at when I see Drake May is just a guy who's very natural with everything he does at the position. So it's, it really is like high end sort of potential for both of those guys. 
We, and we were just talking about this too, right before he came on. I was, you know, somebody was asking about, hey, if you can, if you end up in a scenario where it's one of these other guys, you know, is it going to be that bad? And the, and the name that was brought up specifically in in that phone call was Michael Penix uh, Jr. from Washington. Let's just let's just keep on this while we've got the momentum rolling. We've talked about Drake May. And and Caleb, well, we haven't really gone too detailed on Caleb Williams yet. But what about who's the who's the best? Like, where do you rank these guys when it comes to to Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and even uh, JJ McCarthy? So after the top two, I have it: Bo Nix, then Jaden Daniels, then JJ McCarthy, then Michael Penix. And I think Nix and Daniels I would take in the first round. McCarthy's fringe, whereas Penix is more of like a day two. So. That's still a ton of talent for any given draft class. Yeah. What's the knock on McCarthy for people who, who don't know? He doesn't really throw a touch. If you watch his highlight reels or just, I mean, any game he plays in, he's throwing laser beams. And a lot of those laser beams ended in the chest of linebackers, whether they caught him or not. They were still, you know, tough decisions. And so that's the worry with him. Uh, and also comes from an offense where it, didn't, it wasn't on him. It was a run-first offense. If you watch Michigan at all down the stretch, uh, it's a little worrisome that if you did have a you know elite NFL sort of future franchise quarterback type of guy, that you weren't willing to give him the ball in crucial situations and let him go win you games. And they just never did. Now, they didn't have to. They obviously won otherwise. <laughs> but uh, a little weird for a guy that we're talking about as you know, a potential top 10 pick uh, not being a focal point of his collegiate team. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it because everybody's kind of like – Kind of looking at him a little side, like, eh, are we sure this guy's really, or is he just the product of a really good system and don't make mistakes? And but there's also something to be said for a quarterback like that. So, so we shall see where he eventually fits into the draft. That'll be fascinating to find out. So, okay, I got you on quarterback. I got a pretty good beat on on where you're coming from. Um, what about? So let's let's go ahead on on the Bears. They have that number one overall pick, and we'll see. And I think I still think it's going to be Caleb Williams, but. At number nine um, in in the draft, what what direction do you see the Bears going? Number nine overall. I think they have a lot of good options just because it's such a talented class, even outside the quarterbacks. Um, I think they very well may have the choice of the top defensive player on the draft board. I mean, truthfully, I think it could go eight straight offensive players mm. before we even see a defensive guy come off the board. And so I think that's a prime spot to draft a guy like Dallas Turner from Alabama, who's possibly the best you know, defensive end edge rusher in this draft class, or Byron Murphy from Texas, who's the best defensive tackle in this draft class. So you could go that route, or also you know, this offensive line class is insane. It's going to break the record, in my opinion, for most offensive tackles drafted in the first round. That was eight set back in 2008, I believe. I think there could be 10 this year. Oh and God. a lot of guys who could be you know, four or five could be in the top 10 alone. So it's, it's loaded at that position. So I know that you know, they like Braxton Jones. You got obviously a guy last year, Donald Wright, but what better way to give, you know, start the career of Caleb Williams, if it is him, than to give him, you know, two bookhead tackles for pretty much his entire career will be if they draft him with Darnell Wright last year and someone like uh, Olu Fashano from Penn State mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, man, that is such a great point because, you know, and this is, it, it, they're not sure, and this is not, I'm not going to expand on this with you we're going to keep it to the draft but this is just me talking they're not positive about Braxton Jones and whether or not he is it going forward so that is intriguing to think about tackle for the Bears in the first round and at number nine overall is would there be any chance that the Bear that Malik neighbors would still be there at number nine for the Bears 
I've seen mocks of him falling there. I don't believe it. I just, I, I've seen the guy play football, and I just cannot fathom that he would fall to pick number nine. He's so explosive. I mean, if he is, you're, that's a no-brainer pick, in my opinion. He's like a DJ Moore with even probably a little more juice than DJ Moore. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he does. But if he does, that's obviously your dream scenario. Okay. You know, I'm just bouncing all over the place here. But back to the, the defensive side. You mentioned um, the two defensive end, Dallas Turner and Byron Murphy. Where would they have been? Because last year I felt like was a really good defensive end draft or outside linebacker, if you will, edge rusher. Would those guys have ranked favorably in last year's draft as well? Or, or are you just saying that th- those are the, the best available there? So to me, going back to last year's class, Will Anderson would have been ahead of Dallas Turner, but then that's it. Okay. So Tyree Wilson went top 10. Uh, Lucas Van Ness went just outside the top 10 yeah. defensive ends last year. Uh, Dallas Turner has a higher grade for me than those two guys. Uh, Byron Murphy's defensive tackle out of Texas um, compared to last year's class. Uh, I think he probably would have been uh, right behind Jalen Carter. So Jalen Carter is obviously kind of in his own stratosphere, but then he would have been well, okay, uh, the right. second best DT in last year's class. Yes, yes, yes. Jalen Carter. How could I leave him out? But I'm looking at the, the edge guys. Uh, yeah, because you know, the bears obviously, and another thing I talked about before we brought you on, I mean, the bears do need somebody opposite of, of Montez sweat for sure. So I get the feeling then, like, where do you put, like, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr.? We know that, I, I assume he's your top wide receiver. I'm guessing he is, but wh- where do you rank him in terms of, like, elite wide receivers at the top of the draft historically? To me, so I, I didn't scout Calvin Johnson. I was too young for that. But since I started doing it, he's the safest one. I, you just, like, you watch him on tape in college, and you're like, that looks like – a guy who's been in the NFL six years already. <laughs> you know, it just he's so safe in that regard because he's been running routes since he's like two years old, right? You know, he looks like his father with four inches and 20 pounds. You know, so uh, I, I do think it's hard to predict high end, but in terms of just like how good I feel about that guy being a number one top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, I, I've never really said that about any other wide receiver prospect that I've seen. Wow. Wow. So him – at the top, and then I, it's, I assume that the way you were talking about Malik Neighbors, that he would be your number two guy, and then probably, what, Roma Dunze? Yes, that's how I have it. And to me, Neighbors is almost getting underrated because of how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is and that, you know, we go back to most years, he would be a top five pick, number one wide receiver. To me, he's right up there with a guy like Jamar Chase in terms of what he is as a prospect, and that yeah. he's just a home run hitter. You know, he, yeah. he's got unbelievable explosiveness that good luck you know that's what that's where the game's trending and much better as like a yak weapon than even Marvin Harrison Jr. is so uh yeah he's he's pretty insane in his own right and then Roma does is much more of a kind of traditional x wide receiver big plays on the outside contested catches red zone that sort of thing uh more of like a usual back end of the top 10 early teens sort of guy kind of like a Drake London as a prospect with maybe a little bit more speed than Drake London had so uh, probably not in that same sort of conversation, in my opinion, as a neighbors or Marvin Harrison Jr., but still like a really darn good prospect. There are two positions that the Bears have a, a need for right now, and they are and, – and I don't know if the Bears are going to necessarily get their guys in the draft or free agency, but they need a center and they need a safety. They don't have a center right now, uh, and uh, – and obviously, at safety, Eddie Jackson was just released from the team. So, 
I don't know. I'm just looking at the Bears draft board right now. I mean, you're probably not going to snag either of those positions, obviously, in the first two rounds. But is there some middle of the draft, third and fourth round value for a, a good center guard combination and a safety somewhere along the line? Because I just can't see the Bears using big-time expenditures at this point to pick up their second safety. So it is a really good interior offensive line class. There are a lot of good centers. The only problem may be that, like, I think they're so good that they might go in the second round. So there may be, like, four or five centers off the board by the end of the second round. Wow. Um, it's just there's a lot of good ones. So uh, if not, I mean, there, one could fall to them in the third Safety-wise, though, I think there's going to be a bunch in that range uh, in that like late second to uh, mid-third that come off the board. Um, I think it's not a terrible safety class. Uh, there's a lot of talent actually in it, but just, there's no real like guy in this class. There may not be a safety drafted in the top 50. So uh, I, I do think that is probably the position that you know, if, you're thinking, if you're looking at value in the third, there could be some there. Got you. Mike, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on on a Friday night. I appreciate that very much. And we'll be looking out for all of your work uh, for the, as an NFL draft analyst for the Locked On Network. Glad that you're doing so well, man. For sure. Thanks for having me on. Yep, Thank a- you. absolutely. That, that is Mike Renner right there. Yeah, it's like I do think that Caleb Williams is the best of those quarterbacks, but forget, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he sounds like he's a big fan of Drake May as well. Like there isn't that massive gap between Caleb Williams and Drake May. I could say with confidence, Gabe would love Mike Renner because Gabe has loved <laughs> Drake May. I think he's the only one that at least listening on the score or any like any of the personalities in town or nationally, I haven't really heard anybody else connect themselves or cling to Drake May. I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, but Drake May is great, too. You know, these guys are pretty – he's into Drake May. We need need a – not like a standoff, like a competition. Danny Parkins against Gabe Ramirez. Oh, I like it. Danny goes to bat for Caleb. Gabe goes to bat for Drake. You know what we do? We put that in the town hall. I love that. There's a QB town hall coming. All right. That's what's going down. Gabe Ramirez will be at that town hall on Wednesday making his case for Drake May versus Caleb Williams. Danny. Danny's guy is Caleb Williams. He he busted out the custom jersey. Yeah. We have to have this competition. Oh, yeah. You just heard it right here. We just reported it. So here it is. The Parkinson Spiegel show is hosting a QB1 town hall next Wednesday from 2 to 6 p.m., in front of a live studio audience at the the Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. They will also be joined by football experts to weigh in on the QB1 debate that everyone is talking about. That's the QB1 Town Hall with Parkins and Spiegel and Ramirez next Wednesday from 2 until 6 p.m. Listen live right here on 670 The Score or the Odyssey app. You can watch live on Twitch and you could do it on YouTube. So, yeah, Gabe versus Danny, Drake May v. Caleb Williams. That is going to be a big day. When we return, let's hear what the Atlanta general manager is saying about Justin Fields. I'm Mark Rohde. This is On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I don't agree with him on this one. Um, I, I just don't. And, I, you know, the, the pushback I would have is, man, if – 
39 games is not enough to evaluate Justin Fields, but three games this year are enough to evaluate and make uh, solid statements on Caleb Williams. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Let's get back to more Bears draft talk with On the Clock, featuring Mark Grody, right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That was Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network talking about Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge had said, basically, Caleb Williams, nothing. Not overrated and not that great, and that the Bears should keep Justin Fields. And the the counter there was Daniel Jeremiah basically saying, I'll see how you can be making an evaluation on Caleb Williams that quickly. It was a good point there by, by Daniel Jeremiah. So we welcome you back into the program. I'm Mark Rohde. It's on the clock. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you being here. So another question becomes then, well, there's two questions that still exist. I mean, we've been playing it straight here tonight for sure in terms of the Bears picks that they are where they are, but everything could change as we found out last year, and that would be the Bears trading the number one overall pick. And if if they did do that, it is looking to be a minimum, well, not a minimum, the package would probably look something like two first-round picks, um, not including the the pick that the Bears would have, naturally, with the hypothetical team, and then a day-two pick and a player. So, I mean... That's the haul that you'd be looking for. And and the bonus, because this is one of those years where I don't even know, like if Caleb Williams is as good as everybody says that he is, that maybe it's not overkill if you, you know, add a little juice to the pot for the Bears. Which, you know, is, there's going to be teams that are going to be off making crazy offerings. I'll just say it. But that's kind of where I think it stands. Justin Fields, I don't think that if you traded Justin Fields, I don't believe you're getting a first-rounder. I know some people have made a case for it, a second-rounder maybe. I think I think you could probably start the bidding right there. One of the teams that everybody wants to connect the the Bears and Justin Fields to is Atlanta, maybe for multiple reasons. They need a quarterback. Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Eh, Ryan Pace did draft Justin Fields, and he is there. That, that He is in Atlanta working in their front office. That said, the NFL Network's James Palmer and Steve Weish were talking to the Atlanta GM Terry Fontenot on TV. Terry, I know you're not going to give me a, 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 an exact answer on this, and I would expect any. I might. Don't say yourself short. I know you. I know you. Okay. you ask the question, sometimes you get them. You, okay, you can then. get breaking news right now. Bye. Okay, well, let's go there then. The one player, <laughs> hey, the one player who continues to be linked to you via trade, potential trade conversations, is Justin Fields out of Chicago. He's from Atlanta. But you had an opportunity to draft him a couple years ago, and you decided not to. Can a player like Justin Fields show enough evolution in the first couple years of his career and like you said, you now have a coaching change, or maybe there's a different philosophy to make you change your mind about going and getting a player like him. Now, you, I gave you too much credit. You know yeah. we can't talk about players on other <laughs> Come roster. on, I knew if, it. If I answer that question, Steve, I'm going to get a call. My, my cell phone's right there, and Ken Fiore is going to call me right away, and we're going to be we're going to have tampering. And I'm talking about how excited we are about this draft. We're going to lose a draft pick 
if I answer that question. Okay, okay, but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, can a player then, but can a player then who maybe that you didn't select in in a draft, you had an opportunity. That's a good point. Can they evolve over a couple years? You're like, okay, this player is better than what I thought, and he fits what we're trying to do. And it, we, it doesn't have to be your yeah. quarterback, but can a player show that type of growth as to where you really get sweet on him, so to speak? No, that, that, that is a, that's an outstanding question, and, and that's why you, you do. You evaluate players at every point in their career, and that's why it's so critical as we go through free agency and, again, possible trades, we're evaluating every player. You're never going to look at a report from last year or the year before. We're going to look at the evolution of the players. And so, um, yes, to answer your question, your, your question, it is we have to be detailed and evaluate players in every phase. Look, it's the same way with people. Um, you, you can have someone that you know you knew at a certain point in their career as a coach, and then now three or four years later, okay, where are they at this point in their career? We all grow and adapt. So um, speaking in, in general about any player that we have to make sure we have recent reports and um, know where they are at this point in their careers. That is Terry Fontenot. He is the Atlanta general manager talking with James Palmer and Steve Weish of the NFL Network. I did like the way he was all tough talking about, hey, I might answer your question, and then he could not get farther away from answering the question. But that is definitely a, a potential landing spot for Justin Fields if they do go that route. I don't think that they would keep Justin Fields and Caleb Williams on a roster together. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen, I should say. I wouldn't have no issue though with them doing that. Like I don't, and I talked about this a couple times recently. Like there's that, and this I, I may even be guilty of this in some respects. I mean, there's we made it feel like Justin Fields is so loved in that locker room that there would be a mutiny if anybody else came in there, and it was Justin Fields was in the locker room, and God forbid Justin Fields was second string, and then. Guys would take some. I mean, that might happen. Of course, you know, <laughs> the guys will take. You're always going to like somebody over the other. But the idea that there's going to be some sort of sportsy protest going on if Justin Fields isn't there, as much as he is beloved, that's not true. That's not going to happen because players are businessmen as well. They they want theirs as well. So there's no reason to act out in that regard. I mean maybe somebody who's completely made and comfortable, but even that's not a good idea for longevity sake. So that, that idea, like that concept of like, be careful what you do with the locker room because he's so loved. And I, Hey, I asked Ryan polls the question about that. Like how much does that affect his thinking and the process when it comes to Justin Fields? And he said that it's there, but he can't allow the emotions to become a part of it. And it's it's absolutely true, and that the players the players would get over it if that became the case. No matter how much they they like those guys, this has been a fun first show on on the clock. I appreciate everybody listening over the last hour. Thank you to Mike Renner, the NFL draft analyst for the Locked On Network. Thank you too much or so much for uh, for Tyler uh, Farringall. I was going to call your buter ball. I wouldn't do that to you though. Tyler Farringall produced this show. He's going to stick around as well because, and I too will be here. Hub Arkish is coming up next. Doesn't get any better than that. Hub Arkish will join me for the next couple of hours. We will co-host. And if you want to get in right now, because Hub is here, you know Hub. 
Hub means phone calls, and I'm here too. Hub and I can collectively take your calls at 312-644-6767. Because as of right now, I think it's just Hub and I for the two hours. I don't think we have any guest plan. We were not being very aggressive in guest planning just because we wanted to kick it. So we'd like you to be a part of it as well. 312-644-6767. Grody and Arkish next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.